The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. You can see in the title that this is my D4 semester recap. Any D4s listening probably are going to think I'm crazy for recording this just hours before my CDCA mannequin exam, but I needed to kill time, but we'll get into all of that later. Big summary here is I got a job, which is amazing, and I'm so, so, so excited. I took my boards and kind of passed, and I finished all my graduation requirements. So let's talk through all of that and more in this week's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like I've kind of been keeping you all waiting on the job updates. I told you that I signed a contract for an amazing associate position that I'm super excited about, but I didn't give you too many details and I probably won't till closer to when I start and when I get going. But if you want more information, you can watch the videos where I signed the contract because I talk more about the process of deciding between offices and visiting the town and just figuring out what was the right fit for me. But All in all, I'll just say that I'm super excited. I'm staying in Michigan, but I'm moving to a different part of the state than I grew up or where I live now for dental school. So it'll be a little change of pace. It's a little bit more rural location, but there's still access to all the kinds of things I'm used to and things that I want to do. So I'm excited for that little bit of change and I'll be closer to Grand Rapids and closer to Chicago. So hopefully I'll be visiting those places more and just having a lot of new experiences and enjoying that first few years of working as a dentist before I kind of switch gears and settle down a little bit with a family and do that whole thing. But at first I'm going to be really just enjoying working really hard and young adulthood and having fun and all those great things that everyone looks back on life and talks about and tells you to make the most of. And just a side note, I do have a little bit of a cold right now that I caught from Thanksgiving weekend. So if my voice sounds a little different, you'll have to bear with me. So we're going to start off talking about rotation. I think I've mentioned it briefly in other podcast episodes that this site that I was assigned to, which is all just random by chance, who goes where, has not been that great only because of they send too many students in my opinion and we don't see a lot of patients throughout the day. We have a quote full schedule, but their version of a full schedule is four patients per column and then we're paired up with another student. So you're really only seeing one or two patients and then assisting them on the other ones. Whereas other sites, you're seeing four, five, six, seven patients a day rather than one or two. So it was just not ideal, especially as I'm getting closer to graduation. But what I did to 
offset that is I requested a specific rotation site for the last semester of dental school that I know has a really good clinical experience and I did get my request approved and I'm going to that site next semester. So I'm a lot more optimistic, I guess, that next semester I'll get really great clinical experience on rotation. I still feel like leaps and bounds, more confident in clinic with normal bread and butter dentistry than I did D3 year and then I did last semester. This rotation didn't harm me in any way. I still learned from it and it was still a good experience. It just wasn't as good as it probably could have been if I was at a different site. Some notable things though is that I got to do a lot more nitrous because that's free there because it's a free clinic. So a lot of people would opt to have that done for their children just to make the procedure a little bit less intense for them and then I also did three pulpotomies on little kids which we don't get to do those at school really we don't do really any operative on our pediatric rotation at school when I was in it I know now it's getting better and they have more patients for the undergrads to do when I was there most of the patients were just too advanced and they were would be too hard for us to do as like our first filling as a child on a child but now I'm hearing from the current D3s that go through that rotation that most of them get to do at least a filling or so, maybe one or more, but I didn't get to. So my D4 summer was the first time I did fillings on a child, and in this rotation we did a lot of them because it was a primarily pediatric free clinic, but I also got to do some pulpotomies, like I said, and then we also see pregnant patients there. So that was good experience as well, and a lot of patient education, I would say, are the main takeaways from that rotation. Moving back over to school itself, in terms of all of the credits that I need to graduate, so just my overall credits per procedures, that's done. All of my test cases and other graduation requirements, like having to restore an implant, having to do one RPD, having to do a combo case, certain crowns get graded, certain types of fillings get graded, certain treatment planning things get graded. All of that is done and passed and it's great. There's just one more I have to do in one of the rotations that I don't really have control over when I do it. It's just when they tell me that they're ready for me to take the test case. So that one I'm not really counting because it's kind of out of my control. And as for like personal life things and student organizations, we'll talk about that next and then we'll finish off with CDCA, boards, and licensing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I also didn't mention this. I usually in these recap episodes talk about the different classes we had each semester and like the pros and cons of them, but we don't have any classes anymore, which is so cool. We have one kind of senior seminar, if you will, where we have to attend once each semester and listen to classmates presentations. And then at one point we're assigned a date that we're presenting. So basically you show up three times, two to observe, one in the fall, one in the winter, and then one time you're presenting, and that could be either semester. Mine was supposed to be the start of next semester, but then I switched with someone to be the end of next semester, so it's not really high on my mind. I might do my presentation on dental anxiety and ways to mitigate that, like because I've noticed I can do so much for my patients if they can work through their dental anxiety and dental trauma 
And those seem to be the patients that have been out of the dentist for the longest time and that have maybe the most severe caries and most lengthy treatment plan ahead. But if they can't get over that dental anxiety, we're not able to get going on that. And for one specific patient I'm thinking of, he got through that in the first visit or so and we really gained that trust and he got comfortable at the dentist and we got everything done and it was just like night and day for him. Like he couldn't barely eat, like his mouth hurt so bad drinking water hurt, cold air, just breathing hurt from like the air going over the exposed dentin. So I thought it would be cool to do a presentation on that in some sort, but I have to see if it qualifies since it's not clinical. It's more like psychological clinical application. So we'll see. That's kind of a side note, but that's really our only class. All of our other credits come from that external rotation where we have to do like a little homework assignment and like summaries and just like little write-ups and experience things. We have a class that we have to mentor the younger students and write little summaries of that. And that's mostly just in clinic anyways, and we're required to assist. So that's part of our clinical grade. Doing enough credits each semester is part of our clinical grade. Our test cases are. So really all of that is more so what encompasses my GPA these days than any exams. But we did just have an exam last week called an OSCE at school. So I think CODA is requiring dental schools to do an OSCE each school year. Some of them already did. We usually did one like second year and fourth year. We didn't usually do one first and third year, but now I think we do one every year just because that's an update of what CODA wants to see at the schools. So we took ours last week and I actually, this is a good transition into licensing and clinical boards and all of that because I plan to take my board's OSCE close to the school's OSCE. That way I was studying all at once and refreshing on everything there is to know about dentistry, all the clinical applications, all the pharmacology, all the pathology that I needed to review for the one at school. I was reviewing because I was studying for the one I had to take it per metric for my board's So that worked out kind of nicely, and I liked the way I did the timing for that. So as you all know, I took my INBDE, which is its own exam, multiple choice clinical exam, way back at the end of D3, and I still stand by that as being awesome timing because it was a tough exam, and I wanted to get out of the way early, and I was already really into like school mode and student mode because we were still in some classes, and I was used to studying a lot, and it was just a good time to take it in my opinion. And we had just come off of like pathology and all those courses were fresh in my mind. But what most people don't know and what I didn't know is that there is a CDCA OSCE as well. So CDCA is just like the commission for dental exams, like basically the boards. And then OSCE stands for Objective Structured Clinical Exam. And then in this case, it's a DSE OSCE, and the DSE is Diagnostic Skills Exam. Objective Structured Clinical Exam. Too many letters if you ask me, but basically it's another multiple choice clinical exam, and it does have a lot of path and pharmacology and cases and clinical decision making. So it's similar to the INBDE, but it's much shorter. It's only 150 questions. 
and you take it at Prometric, just like the DAT or the INBDE. But the other thing that's different is the format. So there are multiple choice for majority of them, but there is some write in the answer or select from a choice of answers. Sometimes you're selecting multiple, sometimes you're matching, sometimes you're like clicking and dragging and sorting different things. And then there's a lot more in the case section, a lot more information than the INBDE gives you. There's more information than you need. Like they'll give you the full medical history, the FMX, clinical photos, and full perio chart, but they might not ask you things that apply to all of those. So it's kind of extraneous information. So you have to know how to filter through that and to be successful. And then what's also different is the INBDE, you have to wait two to four weeks to get your scores back but the cdca oski that i took yesterday my scores popped up immediately so i passed yay but i took the perioprost endo mannequin exam at my school in early october and i think i talked about all of this but i don't know if i talked about where we're at now so took that early October and a few weeks later while I was on my oral surgery rotation around like four o'clock when we were finishing up, I got a text that our scores were posted. So I logged in and lo and behold, I passed perio, which I expected. I passed pros, which I was really happy about because it's a very like nitpicky, very, very specific section, but I failed endo because I did not fully unroof the pulp chamber and I was so disappointed you guys and honestly just confused because I really thought it was like my best number 14 I'd done and I thought it met all the criteria really well like I went over the rubric so many times in that test day and checked everything so I thought I passed it so I was just really confused and disappointed and that I think was the most discouraging part about it because it's different if you fail something and you know you failed and you know why you failed because then you can just do it right the next time but at that point I felt really hopeless because I just didn't understand what I didn't understand I didn't know what I was missing how was I failing something when I thought I did it right like that was just so so taxing on my emotions and I definitely spent probably a day and a half really sad and just like when I was alone and not with people I was definitely crying and just so down on myself about it I knew that eventually I would get feedback and, you know, hopefully I would figure it out, but I was just a lot of negative self-talk and self-doubt. What if I never figure it out? Oh, well, I have this job, but I can't start a job if I never get past boards and never get a license. So I guess that doesn't even matter. What if I never graduate? Da, 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 da. All these like spiraling negative thoughts. I don't say that to make you feel bad if you're in the same situation and you don't feel that way because that's awesome if you're not feeling as down as I was, but if you are, I just want you to know that you're not alone and that's super normal to feel, but thankfully, probably two days after, I started to feel a little bit better. I was still bummed, but I wasn't like crying throughout the day and I just got in touch immediately with the head of the endo department at my school who works with the boards and said I would love to meet with you as soon as the results come in in terms of the CDCA sends the people in charge of boards at our school photos of all the fails and like why you failed and they'll like have the perio probe on their measuring things or pointing to the area that was wrong and that helps you know how to fix it so I was hoping that meeting with her going over that would really help but I was being so negative and doubtful because my issue was so internal in the prep I was like oh there's no way that the photo is going to show my problem and then what if I still don't understand it but thankfully 
the faculty I met with, who's like the head of the department and works closely with the CDCA, she really knows the criteria and she could see in the photo and understand what was wrong. And eventually with a lot of back and forth of talking to her in person and like holding up the tooth and like pointing to different things, I didn't have the actual tooth from the exam to look at, but I just brought some of my practice teeth. And that was how we were able to help me understand my mistakes. They don't send back your actual teeth from boards for you to look at and learn from. They just send you the photos. But eventually I was able to understand my mistake and I really wasn't prepping the floor of the pulp chamber at all, like where the canals and the floor are meeting and along the walls of the chamber. I just like drilled down, accessed the chambers, like I could stick the endo explorer into them, smoothed everything out, made sure there wasn't any lipping occlusally, and then was done. I didn't kind of taper the chamber into each canal orifice and like smooth out the whole chamber so that it was like a uniform nice smooth shape I kind of had like protrusions coming out and honestly like the whole canal orifice wasn't exposed it was just part of it but I thought that that was all of it so that's kind of where my misconception was and now I definitely understand that and hopefully when I go in in a couple hours I do really good and pass so I don't know yet it's probably going to take three or so more weeks to find out our results so definitely follow me on Instagram to see what happens but I'm just really hoping I pass now that I understand what to do it's just a matter of executing it which it's not easy because it's all inverted vision and it's so tiny and it's tricky and the other part that's a little annoying about boards is since I've failed 14. I have to also redo eight, which is the other part of endo, even though I passed it. So I had to still keep practicing that over the last couple weeks to make sure I was still strong on number eight. That way I don't switch and pass 14 and then fail eight because then I'd have to still retake it again and redo both again. So I had to make sure I was balancing my time in a way that made sense there. But I think my biggest issue was that when I was doing all the practice teeth, I knew I was confused on 14. I went to try to get feedback, but whenever I went up to the endo clinic, this specific department head was not there. She was teaching somewhere else or just wasn't there, but I never made the effort to email her and like personally find a time to meet, which there definitely would have been. I just didn't think there would have been and I didn't think it mattered. I wasn't, I guess, taking the fact that her feedback is so important as seriously as I should have. I was just getting feedback from whoever was up there, which were different faculty or maybe residents, and I misunderstood what they said or what they told me was incorrect or one or the other, but I thought I didn't need to do anything to the actual pulp chamber itself, which I very much did. So that's why I failed. And then once I met with the person that really knows it all, I think I understand everything now. So make sure you make the extra effort to meet with the person that works most closely with the boards for each section at your school, even if they're hard to get in touch with, because it's going to be worth it. And then maybe you can pass your first time around and not end up like me. But that's really everything for boards since now we're just waiting to take it today and then see how it goes. So last thing I think we need to talk about is just like student organizations, personal life, what I'm up to, what free time looks like now that I'm in fall semester of D4 year. So finishing off with all the fun stuff, personal life, free time, I've definitely made it obvious that fourth year, especially starting in the fall semester when we didn't have any classes, we have so much more free time. It's a lot more like a job rather than being a full-time student because you're there from nine to five. 
Occasionally you'll like work through lunch with lab work or maybe you'll get there a little earlier, stay a little late, but for the most part you're not studying into the evenings and dealing with too much stress outside of patient management and handling scheduling and all those different things that come with having more clinic appointments and a larger patient pool, which are all good things for getting your clinical experience up, but that does add a little bit more stress of a different kind, but it's not so much academic stress like we dealt with all the other years of dental school. And in the fall, we did have our football season at U of M, so we had a lot of tailgates through ASDA, and I went through went to as many of those as I could, and cider mills, all the fun fall in Michigan sort of things. It honestly felt a little different just leaving for rotations what felt fairly often like i said it's four weeks total so you'd be at school for four weeks go to rotation for two weeks four weeks at school two weeks of rotation generally speaking some people had rotation like the very beginning of the semester then they'd be here for two weeks go again and then be here for um, more time but basically it was kind of an on and off cycle so it was hard to get into the swing of things in a brand new clinic somewhere else and then jump back into having a little bit less autonomy in the dental school clinics and just playing by all the rules here but it was fun because you'd see your friends but sometimes yeah you'd be out of town when things are happening if maybe you were traveling in between having clinical rotations like I had a few weddings that I was traveling to so I wasn't here every weekend in the fall so I maybe didn't get to do everything that I wanted to do but overall it was a good time and as for student orgs not much involvement with our ASDA chapter in terms of responsibilities that I have since I don't have any committees that I'm overseeing anymore, anyone that I'm directly helping, just kind of mentorship as needed or if they have a question, how do we usually do X, Y, Z, I can give them references to what I've done in the past. But my national position, I actually kind of moved up or was like promoted. I was nominated to be the chair of the council on communications rather than an associate so that means i'll be going to annual session in denver coming up at the end of february so look out for me there if you're going as well i'd love to meet you and then agd academy of general dentistry i'm our vice president so it's been fun helping that student organization because they're newer they started my first year of dental school so using things that I've learned from my as a chapter, I've been able to really help AGD grow their funding and fundraising so that they can have more opportunities for members and members can get more benefits. For example, we had so much extra money this semester that we were able to just do handouts for finals week of Celsius and those awake caffeinated candies and just like chips and little things. We were able to pass all that out enough for every member and we have almost 100 members. So that just goes to show that by kind of spreading your insight across your school, you can make a big impact. And I think people are really enjoying being members of AGD this year if they weren't previously. But that's really everything I have to say for D4 Fall that at least I could think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm forgetting things. So make sure you head over to my YouTube to check out the few vlogs that I did post this semester so that you can stay fully in the loop and know what's going on. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode this week, and I will talk to you next Monday.